Welcome into a special edition of the Daily Illini Sports Podcast, joined with Cat's Corner of the Daily Northwestern for a special episode for Illinois Divide. I'm Josh Peace, joined over Zoom with Lawrence Price, Andrew Schott from the Daily Northwestern, and Jackson Janes from the Daily Illini. Thanks for being here, guys. So we're here together before Saturday's game between Northwestern and Illinois, which is at Memorial Stadium in Champaign this year. And a theme, you know, between these two teams this year, guys, two below 500 teams, is that their offenses just have not, you know, really gotten it together. Northwestern's averaging 16.8 points per game and Illinois 17.4. What's really been wrong with these two offenses throughout the course of the year? Well, to start off with Northwestern, I think the biggest question heading into this offseason was finding the solution at quarterback after Peyton Ramsey moving on. Ramsey threw for 12 touchdowns last year, more than 1,700 yards, led the Wildcats back to the Big Ten championship game and led them to a Citrus Bowl victory. And throughout the summer, it was known it was going to be a three-man battle between Hunter Johnson, Andrew Marty, and Ryan Holinsky. And a lot of people thought Holinsky, the former four-star quarterback in South Carolina transfer was going to be the presumed starter, but it ended up being Johnson. But he only started three games before he was replaced by Marty, who got hurt in that same game and then was replaced by Halinski. And within the last few games toward the end of the season, we've seen a change between Marty and Halinski. We've seen, including this week in Purdue, we saw Marty start the game to be relieved by Halinski, and then Marty came back in the game, and then Halinski finished the game. So I think that's been a main issue of Northwestern's offensive struggles. And even though running back Evan Hall ranks near the top five of the Big Ten in rushing yards, I think getting consistency at quarterback play has been a huge issue for the Cats so far this season, specifically under center. When you look at the amount of yards, Halinski has 855 on the season and three touchdowns. Marty has 707 and six touchdowns. And even though they're going up against the worst passing attack in the Big Ten in Illinois, I think trying to answer this question about the future of quarterback, especially since Marty and Johnson are seniors and Halinski's only a sophomore, is not a storyline that's going to be relegated to the season. And I think that even though Northwestern has talented receivers like Stefan Robinson, who's the team's leading receiver, grad transfer from Kansas, and junior Malik Washington, I think the struggles of quarterback are trickling down to offensive inefficiency as a whole. I think Illinois has very similar issues that Northwestern has. I think Illinois still struggles at the quarterback position. I mean, we saw that with Brandon Peters starting the year. I mean, just the decision to to start Peters over Isaiah Williams, who many people presumed would would kind of take over that role after Peters' struggles last season. But, I mean, Peters struggled at the end of the year. Art Sikowski came in, was fine. I mean, didn't really do anything particularly special, but then he broke his arms in that crazy Penn State. Now it's back to Peters. This team has really relied on its run game just throughout the year. Chase Brown has been huge. Josh McCray has kind of emerged as a true freshman that I don't think many people expected him to contribute much this year. But Chase Brown has kind of been the main guy at running back, um, especially over the last couple of games. But this team really struggles when it's not able to get its run game going. Like we saw that against Wisconsin. Um, we saw that yesterday against Iowa. But I mean, if this team can get its run game going, I think teams really have issues stopping it. I mean, Minnesota is one of the best, has one of the best run defenses in the country, and Illinois put up big yards, several big chunk plays. I mean, they finished with over 100 yards, maybe 200. Yeah, I think this offense and Northwestern's both have very similar issues with inconsistency at the quarterback position. But I mean, we know that Peters is going to go from here on out. So I guess we'll see what happens on Saturday between two teams that because aren't really fighting for a ton other than pride and the Land of Lincoln trophy. And I think Jackson and Drew both hit on both points, but going back to Jackson, I mean, the Illinois 
run game has been much more consistent than Northwestern's run game, especially when we talk about the quarterback situation for both teams. If it's very spectacle, we saw Andrew Marty for Northwestern play some, then Ryan Holinsky play some, both of them not really getting their footing in or solidifying their starting role. But then the run game was a little bit better um, against Purdue. Evan Hall had 96 yards, but in the last two games before that, he had less than 50 yards running on the ground. And, you know, a run game in football is going to be essential. You're going to need that to get going. You look at just comparing the two, it's just that Illinois' run game has been much more consistent, even though their pass game has been poor. And Northwestern has also been poor, but the run game hasn't been there at times. Also, when the defense is not holding up their end of the bargain as well, it's, it's always going to be hard to win. And that's why Northwestern's lost their last five games of the season. Yeah, guys, I think you guys hit on mostly everything. I mean, when you can inconsistent quarterback play, it's hard to win football games. Defensively for these teams, it's actually not been too bad. Northwestern's allowing 27.4 points per game. And Illinois, Illinois 22.6. So even though these two teams are necessarily winning games, they're not giving up that money points. So with that being said, do we expect someone in each team to, you know, have a breakout game this year for the last game of the season? Or are we kind of expecting here like some very low scoring, boring grinder game on Saturday? That's what this rivalry is about, right? It's a classic Big Ten game playing for the Land of Lincoln Trophy. Northwestern has won the last two games, 29 to 10 and 28 to 10. I think last year they rushed for 411 yards on the ground, which was a program high since 2003. And that was with Cam Porter and Evan Hull, as Lawrence mentioned, Hull returns. But what really interests me is, as I mentioned, Northwestern struggling passing attack against Illinois struggling pass defense. When you look at Northwestern's rushing offense ranking eighth in the conference and then Illinois' rush defense ranking 11th in the conference, I'm really interested to see how these two offenses, as you mentioned, and defenses stack up to one another in, in terms of their success come November 27th. But I, I think the main thing you also have to look at is you have to look at the coaching match of itself. I think Pat Fitzgerald coaching this rivalry in his 16th year at Northwestern, I think understanding what it takes to play in a game like this is going to be key. And then Brett Bielema, who previously coached at Wisconsin, back with Illinois now and who's led Illinois to two top 25 upsets. I mean, he's impressive. Both teams have shown, especially Northwestern, have shown the ability to bounce back. I mean, look at 2019 and then 2020. So I'm interested this is a resurging Illinois team, and I think that's a narrative that's very key to focus on because this is a game, if Illinois breaks the Northwestern's win streak in this rivalry, which spans six seasons, I think it'll be a big momentum boost that kind of really shows the dynamic of where these two teams are now and where they'll go in the future. Yeah, I don't see this game being very high scoring. I think both offenses are just not that good, and I think both defenses are just good enough to stop both the offenses. Um, I mean, this Illinois team really strives on defense. The turnaround that this unit has had under Ryan Walters is unbelievable and he deservedly got a contract extension recently but I mean Illinois beat Minnesota 14 to 6 and they scored both their touchdowns on the first two drives of the first quarter I just don't see where the points are going to come from I could see another like 14 to 10 14 13 like I don't see either team breaking 20 I mean maybe like 20 to 17 but I really don't see either team scoring that many points this Illinois team just has relied on its defenses in its wins and I guess in their losses the offense also hasn't really carried its weight either so I feel like I don't know where the points are going to come from for either team to score an outlandish number of points I agree with you Jackson you're not going to win any football game Northwestern they've had a terrible season right but if they beat Illinois it's not too bad but again low scoring game 
who's going to get the points. I mean, Northwestern's, the offense has been struggling and the defense has not put up a consistent 60 minutes of great play. I mean, we saw it in per, against Purdue, a great first half. It was a one-score uh, one game. Michigan, first half, great one-score game, a very close game, but they were not able to come out of the half and produce another good 30 minutes. The defense can't get it going, and then the offense can't get it going. What's going to happen? You're going to take an L, and we've seen that consistently. But I think that when you look at both teams, Illinois just has a few more things that they've done right than than Northwestern has been able to do or been able to play a little bit more consistently than Northwestern has been able to uh, this season. Yeah, I think you guys hit on pretty much everything. We've seen two teams that have been able to kind of score early a little bit and then get figure out very fast. And then that kind of leading to the other team having good field position. And I think Illinois games have ended up being mostly a little bit closer than Northwestern's, but it's just so frustrating for each team having to rely on that defense. But Drew, you kind of talked about the coaching for a second. I just wrote a column about, you know, everything Pat Fitzgerald's done in his past 15 years compared to what Illinois has done. And it's just easy to see that Northwestern has dominated this matchup, has dominated bowl game appearances, everything like that. So for the Northwestern folks, you know, why has Pat Fitzgerald been able to dominate this rivalry over the past 15, 16 years? And then Jackson, what am I going to have to do to, you know, make this a more competitive rivalry? I guess first off, just to, to talk about Illinois' perspective, I think one thing that Illinois really struggled with under Levy Smith was that he just didn't know how to recruit the state of Illinois. And I feel like now that Bielma has put a lot more emphasis, um, he's separated different zones in the state, given that to each of the, his different coordinators and assistants and really emphasize the need to kind of get out and establish those relationships with high school coaches around the state. We didn't really see that with Lovey, but the fact that in-state recruiting is such a big emphasis under Bielma is definitely promising. And I feel like that's definitely going to be something to look forward to and just like watch over the next few years as Bielma slowly turns this program around. I don't think many people expected him to come in with the talent or maybe lack thereof that he had based on last year's team and under Levy Smith, all Levy Smith's recruiting. But I think just the in-state recruiting is just an area that Illinois has really, really struggled with over the last couple of years. I think it's going to be something to watch and hope and potentially could be something that could turn the tides in the rivalry going forward. I mean, looking at Coach Pat Fitzgerald, when he played at Northwestern, he was a linebacker. He was the middle of that defense and he was that leader. And I see, you know, he still has those attributes now as a coach. He knows how to lead. And even though Northwestern is not the school that's going to get you those five stars, most likely not many four stars, but he's going to be able to develop his guys into play like those five stars or compete against those five stars. So I think we've just seen throughout the years with Coach Fitzgerald, he just knows how to coach his team. And like they always in the press conferences, all the players emphasize fundamentals. If they're talking about defense, it's tackling. It's those little things that he makes sure that they really hone in on. So, of course, the season has not looked good for Northwestern, but when the game's on the line and when you need a coach that's going to be able to get you through that situation or say that I've been there, I know what to do. Coach Fitzgerald's been able to do that. Of course, Northwestern, they haven't really been able to catch a break. I mean, out the gate, they versus Michigan State. Who? I mean, you can't really predict Kenneth Walker is going to be this Heisman candidate that he is. I mean, I, I kind of thought that he was going to be pretty good. I was talking to Drew before the game who, who really thought that uh, Northwestern was going to run over Michigan State, and I said I don't think that's really going to happen. But when you got Michigan State, then let like look at the last three games. They've had to go up against a, a great Minnesota team, a great Iowa team. 
a pretty solid Purdue team. They've never have gotten the chance to catch a break and really collect themselves and really put a good brand of uh, football together or just versus a team that's a little bit more of their caliber at, at the season. I think Illinois kind of fits into that category. So if Northwestern is able to or wants to finish on a high note and get that chance to verse a team that might be a little bit, you know, worse than a, a Wisconsin or worse than a Purdue, Iowa, Michigan even, this is their chance. And I think Coach Fitzgerald knows that. And I think he's just a great coach in general. He's been able to do it all these years and produce talent and play to a caliber or a tier that not many coaches are able to do. Light Amendment, Lawrence. I did not pick Northwestern to run over Michigan State. I thought they would win, but it seems the 38-21 game ended differently than I thought. But it was really interesting what you said about player development. Last year before Pro Day, when Rashawn Slater worked out, when Greg Newsom the second worked out, they were both first-round picks, when everybody who worked out eventually made their way onto an NFL roster at training camp, Fitz says, we have the best player development staff in the country and the stats are there to back it up. If you look at 2020, if you look at the starting linebacking core of Patty Fisher, Blake Gallagher, and Chris Bergen, that was one of the most experienced trios, if not the most experienced in college football. And now Bergen is back and is one of the leading tacklers in, in the NCAA. But you're replacing, uh, you're replacing starters this season at wide receiver, quarterback, running back, left guard, right guard, defensive end, cornerback, safety. And I think that's a hallmark of what this program is going to be able to do within maybe next year or a few years. You're going to see start the play. You're going to see the players who are thrown into the fire now become much stronger players, possibly even all Big Ten candidates. And I think that's something really important that Coach Fitzgerald harps upon, as well as his ability to recruit the state of Illinois. Jackson, you mentioned the struggles of the Illini and the Lovey Smith era. And something that's really interesting that Brett Bielema did is his of the slogan of family, but with the ILL. And that's something that really is interesting to show that he really is focused being an Illinois native himself and knowing the Big Ten, having GA'd at Iowa and played there and being a graduate assistant and having coached at Wisconsin. I think that's really important. Fitz, I mean, you can look at some of the Illinois players he's gotten, high-profile four-stars like Clayton Thorson, Justin Jackson, Devin O'Rourke, who's uh, on the defensive line, and then a fringe five-star like Peter Skaronsky. I think those are where the coaching key is. I think it's development. And going off your points, development and recruitment are incredibly important, but also getting your team ready for the rivalry game last year after winning the Land of Lincoln Trophy for the sixth time. I mean, this game means so much to this team, and that's very palpable. And that's probably what we're going to see from Northwestern and Illinois this week. This is your rivalry game, especially in a time where Northwestern, at least, but Illinois, too, basically, is out of bowl contention. Winning a rivalry game means something, especially the stakes are huge this year. Northwestern wins at seven in a row, and they tie the overall series at 55 apiece. I think getting your team ready for a rivalry game is key. Playing close in the Big Ten, I think that's – both teams have showed that. I mean, Northwestern's had played some Big Ten opponents close like Iowa, and Illinois has beaten ranked Big Ten opponents like Penn State in the nine-overtime game in State College and Minnesota. So I think all those things are going to play a factor in how kind of this rivalry develops, and I think it'll be really interesting when looking back in two or three years – at where Fitzgerald and Bielema have their programs. Because certainly Illinois having a better record than Northwestern this season was not something many people predicted. And even though this may be a down year for Northwestern, who has shown the ability to bounce back, this is definitely a, this is definitely a statement year, even though they're not going to a bowl game for the Illini. And it'll be interesting to see how you see the rosters pan out and the players be recruited and the emphasis on Big Ten play span out over the tenures of these two coaches something interesting on that note is that this team 
this Illinois team has the most super seniors in the country. I think 22, something around there. And the fact that none of them have ever had the experience of beating Northwestern in this rivalry, I think is going to be really interesting, important. Just talking to some of the players over the last couple of weeks. I mean, their time at Illinois has been crazy. I mean, it's been very interesting, whether it be coaching changes. Doug Kramer recently is someone who I talked to, but he came in when the team was like two and 10, three and nine. I mean, made a bowl game, made almost 50 starts. I mean, you don't have many teams who can say that their linemen have made 50 something starts. Something I'll look at is that Illinois is losing like 20 plus players next year. And most of them are starters. So, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see how this Illinois team, I guess, fares on Saturday, but also just moving forward, how they're going to cope with losing so many of their big contributors next season. Yeah, having that many super seniors has been interesting, and that probably is one of the reasons Illinois has gotten, well, they're not going to make a bowl game. We know that. At least they're not going to go 500. You know, some weird stuff could happen for Illinois to get in there. Northwestern definitely isn't, but like you said, Drew, this game is what's probably going to determine for Northwestern and Illinois if this was a somewhat productive season, right? Because Northwestern's down this year. They do this every once in a while, but at least in my, you know, history of watching college football, Pat Fitzgerald has improved his teams like drastically, I think from the beginning of the year, which is why he's always a threat. You look back in 2019 when they played, yes, about half of Illinois roster was out, but Northwestern was just able to run the ball down Illinois throws and then Northwestern goes in the next year, 2020 and makes the big 10 championship game where for Illinois, four and eight and five and seven, at least in miles, are very are two very different records because they, if they do end up beating Northwestern, you're like, hey, we were only one game away from a bowl game in our new coach's first year. So I think it's going to be really interesting. So before we wrap this up, just from each of you guys, want just a little key to the game uh, topped off with a score prediction for Saturday. Rushing on offense and defense for Northwestern. Rushing the ball, you need to get the run game going. You need to get Evan Hull, Andrew Clare, Anthony Tyus going. Some, one of the three needs to get going if you want your offense to run smoothly. I'm not sure, of course, well, we're not sure, of course, who's going to be at quarterback. But if you can get the run game going, then you'll, you'll be in a good spot. But Northwestern ranks last in run defense. And it's going to be very hot when Illinois has been able to run. When they win, they run the ball very, very well. And you're, it's really going to come down to if Northwestern can stop the run. If they can stop the run, they have a good chance of pulling up the vic- victory and the trophy. But if you can't, I think just a run game, any type of way, it's going to be very important in this matchup. Like Lawrence said, I think I think the run game is going to be the name of the game. I just don't see the offense being anywhere near competent if the run game isn't 100%. I mean, like we saw over the last couple of games, Brandon Peters can kind of throw the ball a few times. I wouldn't say I would rely on him to, to lead an offense for the entirety of a game. But, I mean, his ability to just kind of throw the ball, even if it's just 10 times per game, is going to be the difference. If I had to make a score prediction, I'd say 17-14 Illinois. I think it's going to be low scoring and it's going to be ugly. I completely agree with you both. I think the key is going to be Northwestern's rush defense. Well, one of the keys is going to be Northwestern's rush defense, stopping the fighting Illini rushing um, attack led by Chase Brown, who currently has nine, more than 900 yards in the season. Northwestern getting pressure on Peter, on quarterback Brandon Peters is going to be the key. Adi Tamiwa, Adibare, Northwestern's top defensive lineman, has had a stellar season. The linebacking core, I think Chris Bergen with the season he's had, what he's meant to this program, this game's going to mean a lot to him. I think Northwestern's defense with all the struggles that they've had this year, giving up the most yards under the Fitzgerald era in Nebraska, 
giving up the big second half outburst to Michigan, giving up 35 points to Wisconsin. I think they are looking for a statement performance, and I think they're going to need one to kind of end the season on the high note if they want to get that fourth win and that meaningful fourth win against the rival. And I think that's going to work because as we saw last year, if the defense play having a top 10 scoring defense in 2020, if the defense plays at a high level, that will affect how the offense runs. And I think Northwestern's defense as a send off to some of the players who have been part of this program for so long, like Bergen, like defensive lineman, Joe Spivak. I, I think this is going to be a game in which they look to show that, this defense is definitely not out for the count and they're going to hopefully use that game to rebound for the 2022 season. Yeah. I'm with you guys. Like to say it a little bit more specifically, I think the key is the, is going to be the line, Illinois offensive line, Northwestern's defensive line, because if Illinois offensive line isn't going to be able to hold Northwestern, the run game won't do well. And the pass game, which has potential, you know, as we've seen throughout the last couple of games for Illinois, if that gets stopped, Illinois is not winning this game because uh, Brandon Peters threw for above 200 uh, yards for only the sixth time in his career. He did that last week. So if Illinois can get some good blocking in on a good Northwestern defensive line, in my opinion, and Brandon Peters throws the ball effectively and the run game, you know, kind of does their thing, I think Illinois should win. But I think Northwestern has a good defense. I think Pat Fitzgerald is going to have his team as prepared as ever. And I think it's going to be really close. I am probably – take Illinois. I'm going to go 21-17. I'm actually going to go with 20-17 to 17 Northwestern. I'm going to go with one of, one of the closest Land of Lincoln games in a little while. Um, I'm going to go 17-14 Illinois. I Honestly, a few weeks ago, I said Northwestern, and I could see Northwestern winning this game. I think it's going to be a really close matchup, but I think that if if Illinois' run game gets going like, like we've seen before, I, I haven't seen Northwestern's defense put up 60 minutes of consistent play since Rutgers, right, on, on defense. So um, I think it's possible, but I'm just going to go with uh, Illinois here. All right, so our consensus is uh, Illinois. I guess, we'll, uh, I guess we'll see what happens, but that's all the time we uh, have today. Drew, Jackson, Lawrence, really appreciate you guys being on here. And to our audience, uh, thank you for tuning in to this joint episode of Cats Corner and the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Drew Schott. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cats Corner. This episode was reported by me, Drew Schott, Lawrence Price, Sammy Boas, Jackson Janes, and Josh Peach. This episode was produced by Sammy Boas. The audio editor of the Daily Northwestern is Jordan Mangy. The digital managing editors are Alex Chun and Sammy Boas. The editor-in-chief is Isabel Saraf. You can listen to the Daily's podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music.